I chose Isaiah 35. Um, it's the whole whole chapter. It's a very short chapter. It's only 10 verses. Um, and then in the gospel reading, gospel is Matthew 11, and uh, we'll briefly talk about it. We've, we've talked about that verse before at Mission Hills. Um, it's a story in which uh, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin's in prison, and, uh, you know, basically he, he goes and gets one of his followers to go find Jesus and be like, you know, are, are you really the guy? Because I'm in jail, and, you know, and he basically says, you know, are you the one to, or should we expect somebody else? Um, but basically he's, he's in prison, so he's not doing so hot, and he's starting to question whether or not Jesus is um, who he thought Jesus was. And from that, there's a a piece quoted from the Isaiah text that we'll read uh, today. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that exchange, but I'll go ahead and read the Isaiah text. It's in the bulletin or uh, on the screen. You can follow. The desert and the dry land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. They will burst into bloom and rejoice with joy and singing. They will receive the glory of Lebanon, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the Lord's glory to those. Uh, they will see the Lord's glory, the splendor of our God, strengthen the, the weak hands and support the unsteady knees. They will say to those who are panicking, be strong, don't fear. Here's your God coming with vengeance. With divine retribution, God will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open. The ears of the deaf will be cleared. The lame will, keep, will leap like the deer. The tongue and the speechless will sing. Waters will spring up in the desert and streams in the wilderness. The burning sand will become a pool and thirsty ground fountains of water. The jackal's habitat, a pasture. Grass will become reeds and rushes. A highway will be there. It will be called the holy way. The unclean won't travel on it, but those who are walking on that way. Even the fools won't get lost on it. No lion will be there and no predator will go up on it. None of these will be there. Only the redeemed will walk on it. The Lord's ransom ones will return and enter Zion with singing. With everlasting joy upon their heads, happiness and joy will overwhelm them. Grief and groaning will flee away. The word of the Lord. I think one of the questions that Advent asks of us is a simple one. is simply, what do you see? What do you see? Um... There's no doubt an uh, uncountable amount of injustices, tragedy, sadness, uh, or just plain maddening behavior. Uh, if you turn on the news, <laughs> you see that every day. Um, and it's very easy to see this, right? I mean, especially, I think, in our current climate, in our current news cycle, um, it's, you know, you can log into Twitter. It's very obvious to see um, what's going on, the maddening um, parts of it. Well, for some, it's easy, I guess. Um, But I think it's also easy to be uh, stolen by the anxiety of our times or maybe even just the simple stresses of the holiday season, Um, watching our our energies, seeing, seeing where our minds are going. 
In reflecting on the Sabbath, one of my favorite writers, uh, Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann, says this. In our contemporary context, which is a rat race of anxiety, the celebration of Sabbath is an act of both resistance and alternative. It is resistance because it is a visible insistence that our lives are not defined by the production and consumption of a commodity of goods. I think at a deeper level, like Western society right now, um, seems to be depressing into somewhat of a fear-based mode of being, which worry and anxiety control behaviors and impact our culture broadly. And I think, even like you were saying, Lydia, uh, like I think even if we're not... Uh, intimately invested in those worlds or they're not part of our job or we're not always um, watching the news or logging into Twitter. Like The weight of that cultural anxiety is something that we can't help but live with. We live in a world in which those conditions exist. And one of Advent's, you know, the season right before Christmas, one of the invitations for us is to see and establish a different kind of reality in the world, a different kind of newness and novelty. Um, Monica played a song earlier that talked about wonder. I think wonder is another word for this. Maybe it's a, it's a better word. How do we see and establish as people, as human beings, in a world that is uh, run by production and consumption, the commodity of goods, as Brueggemann says, how do we find a sense and develop a sense of wonder in that world, in that space, whether we're a glass half empty or a glass half full person? Um, each perspective adds something uh, to the human uh, tapestry, the spiritual tapestry of what it means to be a human being. Um, but how do we develop a newness, a sense of wonder, especially in the, in the, in the season of Advent? Uh, a great poet, John O'Donohue, um, said this. It is a strange and wonderful fact to be here on, on earth, walking around in a body to have a whole world within you and a world at your fingertips outside of you. It is a, an immense privilege. It is incredible that humans manage to forget the miracle of being here. Being here is so much, and it is uncanny how social reality can deaden and numb us so that the mystical wonder of our lives goes totally unnoticed. We are here. We are wildly and dangerously free. Later, he also writes this. Every human person is inevitably involved in two worlds the world that they carry within them, and the world that is out there. All thinking, writing, and action, all creation, all destruction is about the bridge between those two worlds. All thought is about putting a face on experience. One of the most exciting and energetic forms of thought is the question. I always think that the question is like a lantern. It illuminates new landscapes and new areas as it moves. Therefore, the question always assumes that there are many different dimensions to a thought that you are either blind to or that are not available to you. So a question is really one of one that forms in which wonder can express itself. One of the reasons that we wonder is because we are limited, and that limitation is one of the great gateways to wonder. All thinking is imbued with wonder and is graceful and gracious. 
And thought, if not open to wonder, can be limiting, destructive, and very, very dangerous. And I think it's interesting, these connections about the way we move in the world and our ability to have an openness, a freedom, a sense of wonder, um, of possibility, um, where things uh, are, have a level of mystery to them. And I think a lack of imagination, a lack of wonder, is at least in part why we see uh, a rise in evangelicalism. Um, I think that's why we see a rise in rigid political identification across our country and really across the Western world. We saw um, um, the UK you know, this week, uh, just an unbelievable uh, conservative majority victory for um, for people across that country. Um, I think it's in part because people are craving a path. They're craving a tribe and a, some kind of worldview, a sense of security, at least in part. And in these two texts of Advent, um, we find difficult cultural and personal experiences. Uh, there's one of a violent desert landscape and trying to find hope and joy in the midst of this violent desert landscape turning into something new, blossoming into rivers and streams and pastures um, where there is no predator and there is no lion. Um, that kind of imaginative hope of a violent desert landscape turning and blossoming into something new. And then we see uh, John the Baptist in prison and Jesus trying to um, tell him that the, the newness of the kingdom is happening. Jesus says, Jesus says this in response to John's disciple saying, you know, are we, gonna wait, are we waiting for somebody else? Jesus says, you know, go report to John what you hear and see. Those who are blind are able to see. Those who are crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. And those who are deaf now hear, those who are dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. So Jesus is echoing this, pa- this uh, passage from, from Isaiah here. And I think it's curious that Jesus responds to John, um, uh, John's disciple and says, uh, you know, go back and tell him what you see. And then he, he you know, names these things. Um, he brings it back to perspective. What, what do you see in the world? What do you see as um, novel? What do you see are the possibilities for humanity? What do you see are the possibilities for the planet? And I think that's part of the, the Advent invitation, is to see differently. It's easy to relate to John here, um, I think in that most of us want to know that we're, we're on the right path, that we have the correct opinions, um, that we maintain some sense of security and tribal identity. Um, John is in prison, and it's a little hard for him to imagine that Jesus is who he thought he was in light of, in light of his circumstances. You know, after all, Jesus says that uh, you know, in Luke 4, I've come to set the prisoner free. And John's here in prison like, well, you know, does that not apply to me? <laughs> you know, you said you were going to get people out of prison, not into prison. I, I, that would be my uh, glass half empty perspective if I was John. <laughs> um, what's weird is, you know, Jesus uh, mentions this uh, text from Isaiah, which is fairly similar to his pronouncement uh, in Luke 4, 
uh, about, you know, set, the prisoner will be set free. And Jesus says all of these things, you know, that um, the poor will hear good news, the deaf hear. But Jesus curiously doesn't say, you know, the prisoner will be set free. And that's a, that's a hard message for John because we know that John never, he never makes it out. You know, he never makes it out. And I think that comes, uh, that brings us to a place um, in the season of Advent and just as humans and spiritual people and, and Christians um, where we realize that the way of Jesus is a path of mystery. It is a path of uncertainty. And I think mystery in the spiritual path is what is able to free us into a life of creativity, of wonder, and resistance. Um, and in this mystery, there's a, an opportunity to see newness in a world ready to blossom. The third Sunday is uh, the Sunday of joy. And we get to be curious about joy in our lives amidst the uncertainty of our time, the anxiety of our culture. Uh, contrary to, I think, most of our current Christian tradition in the States, I don't think the path of Jesus is one of certainty or answers. <laughs> uh, but it's an expansive opportunity to discover and create joy in the desert. Can we see the possibilities of transformation of a barren and violent landscape into an opportunity for peace and justice for people and the planet? Walter Brueggemann also says this, Jesus offers a catalog of newness, miracles, wonders, of transformations that take people in their fear and failure and disability and wrap their lives in a newness beyond themselves. That's just what Jesus does. Everywhere he goes, newness happens. Newness and healing and well, well-being emit from his body wherever he is. That is what it means to live in the new world birthed at Christmas. Uh, many of you know our Advent theme this year is All Shall Be Well, which I think is an invitation into this kind of new way of seeing, a new imagination in which each of us can find joy in the desert because this season, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, uh, it gives us time, it gives us a space, an empty space, an emptiness that can be filled with a new vision, a new hope, a new joy. It gives us time of preparation before Christmas um, to clear out that space, to, to be empty in order to be filled. Andrea will often say in yoga <laughs> that you have to be empty in order to be filled which is the same way of understanding that newness and a vision for the future requires a brokenness or a lack at the heart um, of our human experience. And then there's an element of truth-telling here in recognizing the reality, our current situation, whatever that may, might be, uh, that the desert space is necessary for discovering a new joy to blossom. Uh, Bob has previously talked about a phrase that I, I like, relentless hope, relentless hope, hope in spite of current circumstances. Um, 
hope in spite of current conditions, lack, brokenness, sadness, poverty, injustice. Advent gives us a new space for freedom, freedom from the weight of oppression and injustice. Advent is a preparation for the justice path of Jesus, where there are not stagnant guarantees, but possibilities for freedom and joy. Let's pray.